To the Autodesk Long Podcast. Um, I'm very excited about today's guest. Today's guest is probably our number one listener. Even guitar on that, he is one of the fastest growing um, painters in, uh, in, in Canada. And wow, let me let them introduce themselves because they are not what they actually um, and adequately and in an articulate way. Describe this person. So, Andrew, please uh, introduce yourself to um, the folks listening. You might go. My name is Andrew. Yes, I am the number one listener. No argument. Number one fan. I'm even right now, I'm fanboying, you know, being on here. I'm Andrew, I'm an artist, and that's what I do. Yeah, well, thank you for listening up your presence. Um, yeah, happy to have you on the show. For sure, we're very, very happy. I second that he's our number one listener. Like, we don't, like, I think Andrew has held us accountable a lot of times. You guys, you guys are part of my, my Tuesday morning routine. Like, on Monday night, I'm, I'm like, all right, so I'm going to wake up, do what I have to do. As I sit on my bed, I have to stream this thing on, uh, on Google Home. I have to. And I open for the time, it's not there. I'm like, even if you don't want my Tuesday to, to start work, yeah. you know, so. No, we were, like, we definitely, we definitely, we appreciate that. It actually makes us consistent. So, yeah, thank you, Andrew. <laughs> no, thank you guys for having me. You guys are, you guys are doing amazing. Because I've always been on the opinion that nobody listens to this thing. So. <laughs> Every time that you message me, my oh, actually, somebody is listening to this thing. I literally think that, like, we just record it's not and just, yeah, just there for us to listen to. So, the fact that someone else is listening to, I appreciate it. But all jokes aside, though, like, I actually want to give you a proper intro because I think that there are a few people that I have met who are what I call the split brain of being science nerds but also being very artistic an artist and by that like you're someone who paints and works with acrylics with oil and you yeah. had a few had a few exhibitions I know you're currently sharing in Montreal right now but before all of this you studied sciences even I did is it microbiology I started in microbiology. I, I finished it with, with biology. <laughs> you just took out the micro. <laughs> yeah. I took, yeah. Okay. Anyway, okay, great. Yeah, so I know you, 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 you did microbiology, started biology. I'm pretty much the same. I did biology and I'm definitely not doing biology right now. But all of us' stories are different. So I want to know where the switch like, when, at what moment did you switch entrepreneurs? Like, I studied microbiology, but I'm going to explore this other part, this creative part. And it's, but that's, that's the, that's a loaded question. But, um, yeah, I did, I did biology in, in university. 
But before that, like in high school in Nigeria, I was really into art, right? I was a science student, but that I, like, you know, like, uh, your final three years in high school in Nigeria, you get to pick what the uh, courses you wanted to do. Like, so I was in science, but one of my, I guess, electives was finance. Getting into university, I just cut that part out and I was just focused on biology, sciences. Even after graduation, you know, like looking for a job in biology. Like I actually wanted to work in a lab type of thing. But I didn't get the job in biology. I was working as a home care worker. However, I had friends in arts faculties in, in university at the time. And I'd help them with art projects from time to time. So a colleague of mine at work knew, like, like sometimes I'll show him pictures on my phone of things I painted or things I drew. And one day this dude is like, like random morning, he's like, what if you die and go to hell? I'm going to ask you, what did you, what, what did you do with your art talent? I was like, what kind of pressure is this? Like, what kind of, but crazy enough, that was, that was the moment I was like, yeah, you know what? Okay. You know, I'm actually going to start putting in more time. That's how it started. I was like, I'm just going to put in more time into this from doing one sketch in three weeks or whatever, you know, I'm where I am today. I mean, the person that I spoke to was very extreme. That's very extreme. And yo, I was like, why are you pressuring me like that? You know, that's, that's much. Yeah, that is a great motivator. Like, um, um, there's a lot of websites. I'm not sure what name. It's a website that just tells you. I don't know if it's a website or an app that will notify you every day, reminding you that you might die today. What kind of website ah. is that? <laughs> ah, and so, basically, you might die today. Basically, we give you a scenario of death that can happen. And ah. <laughs> you can. Why would, why would anyone download this? So yeah, you can actually remind yourself to actually like focus on what is important. That's a very wrong motivation. It works sometimes, <laughs> and it sounds like it works on hundred and eighty. Yeah. The fact that we, the person used heaven and hell yeah. is difficult to ever. Bruh, there's something that I mentioned that I think you know, people can relate to finishing a program like biology and then. Having to like, figure out what the job market looks like. Yeah. Most schools are not prepared for that. Most science faculties, particularly, are not prepared for that. What was that like for you figuring out that, okay, I need to like navigate the job market a little bit different? Man, like for me, I mean, not to get too dark, like it's, yeah. it's uh, not to get too dark, but for me, three weeks after my graduation, I lost my dad, right? So, Life just got real for me fast. So it wasn't like, I was like, yeah, I want to get a job in my field. But, you know, I, I have to make ends meet, you know, for myself and my family. So, and you know what? My, after school, I, I worked in a factory. <laughs> That's the first job I had after graduating. You know, I worked in, in a maple leaf bacon factory. That's where I work. But for me, it was more survival and 
yeah, like what is going on? But like you know, I just went through something very traumatic. But life, life did not stop. I still had to pay rent and things like that. So I wasn't too focused on not getting a job in my field right away or not even getting a job in my field. I just wanted a job, you know. But yeah, that's that's how it works for me. I, like immediately after school. But well, yeah. Uh, so I think I have two questions. So first, did you like? I know most people that come here doing sciences, they have the mindset of like uh, medicine. Is that what you were planning to go into? Oh yeah, I wanted to do medicine. Oh, I thought I wanted to do medicine. <laughs> <laughs> Getting into science and seeing the work it took, like Toby probably knows all this, like seeing the, the mental effort it took to to uh, to go higher in that discipline. I was like, I don't think I want that stress. Yeah. That was the first. That was the first feminine factor. The second one was losing my dad because I believe if he was alive, he would have pushed me to, you know, pursue that, that yeah. um, endeavor. So, yeah. Uh, oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, my second question is, I think is, is you already started answering that. So I know for like most young people, you know, we come here, let's be honest, we're coming from like, so yeah, Andrew's Nigerian for those who don't know, but most of us coming from Nigeria, like there's that, oh, you finish school, there's just certain milestones, you know, our parents are expecting us to just come and call them and say, I've gotten a $3,000 job or a big, co- you know, things like that, right? But then you're here, reality, as you say, you just lost your dad and then you're having to work in a factory. And like, did that affect you even like, because, you know, let's say passion or even just, you're just going through life and you're like, how old am I? Why am I having to like navigate all of this in a foreign country? There's nobody to run to home and then, you know, dreams. You feel like, do I even have purpose? You know, things like that. Do, do those things really affect you even like trying to navigate? What do I want to do? Honestly, I wasn't thinking about what do I want to do or purpose up until like maybe 2018. This is two years after graduation. I was not, I wasn't thinking about it at all. I just, I guess there's just so many pressures around me. I wasn't like, I wasn't thinking about that at all. Not up, up until like 2018, like things began to step a little. Then I was like, okay, like where I was at the time, I was like, I don't think I want to keep doing this. Then, you know, I'm a Christian for people listening. And you, you, begin, you get to a point where you realize that you have, I guess, purpose to realize. You know, so yeah, the, man, the pressures around me, I wasn't thinking about the purpose of what I have to do. Nope. You're just like on autopilot. <laughs> I was on autopilot for three, two years. There's something you said about survival. And that is a real thing. I said destiny motivator, but honestly, survival can actually push you to places that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> People that you don't know you can go. There's this guy, there's a, there's a filmmaker that I watch and listen to sometimes. His name is Casey Neistat. And his journey was like survival. He dropped out of school and he just like, you know, I have to figure anything out. I dropped out of school. I have nothing. And he just picked up his camera and was figuring things out to keep shooting wherever I wanted to shoot, shoot them. And 10 years, 15 years later, he's like a renowned filmmaker 
other times it was doing side jobs, but it was just motivated by survival. Like I have to like survive and figure out something. And then, you know, this this passion or art of mine would, would shine as I like keep growing. Um, and some and he, and he says something, he says like it feels like sometimes you have to do these jobs that you don't like to figure out the one that you end up like, you know, like you just have to go through those crappy jobs and then like and if you don't know what you want to do, it would doing those things will help you realize that okay, I don't want to do this. Yeah. One. That's the one I want to do. I agree. You know, I you be able to appreciate it more where you get to that place that you can do the sport. You know, I think in survival, I'm thinking about it differently because I know that society, there's that, oh, you, when you're done with school, they tell you go to career coach, to go to all of these things. There's so much, so much logic. You should attain this. You should do this. You should do that. But then we often don't always, and so people start feeling bad when they reach a certain age and they've not achieved certain things. But then we often don't talk about the sides like where some people real life hits them. No one expects certain things to happen to them at a young age. And that survival is not even because I have a passion and I decide to drop out of school. It's because I really need to make money. You know, I'm yeah. 20 and everybody at home is calling me can you send yeah. us something you get? Or I'm stranded in a whole new country for those of us that are immigrants and your application is not moving forward. So like there's even that whole part of survival where none of us dream of or imagine will happen to us. And then we're thrown into that. And so, yeah, like what Andrew was saying, it's just an autopilot. You're not thinking about passion. You're not thinking about you're not thinking about 20 years where I want to be a stage, like talking, you know, like doing motivational. You're not even thinking about what do I want for my life. You're just thinking of how can I survive? Like yeah. down to that kind of survival, right? I think that's how I'm even, I'm seeing it. And there's the, that one of career, but then there's also the one of real life. I agree. I agree. Yes. Yeah. I think like it's not necessarily, not only just about like oh, where I want to be in my career, it's also like, just trying to get to the next day and next week and just just life, you know. Yeah. 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 So I want to like talk about something. You say you don't want to be you don't want to get that. But you talk about your dad's death. And yeah. I think that unlikely that I can probably obviously it's not the same thing. It's never the same. I can probably relate to some aspects of it. Um why can't you relate? Because my dad died. Okay. So, so yeah. My dad died in twenty eighteen. He was in twenty sixteen, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. So and I, I actually remember, like, I remember when your dad died, I remember having a conversation with you and seeing the emotions we were going through. And obviously, I didn't understand this fully. But when yours died, I was having a conversation with you and I was seeing what you were going through. Then when my dad died, next two years later, you came to meet me. And I'm going to be honest. I remember that conversation. I'm going to be honest with you, like, maybe, like, a lot of people spoke to me in that moment. Like a lot of people came around to support, to encourage, like to to like just you know uh, be there, right? But I feel like the conversation I had with you were probably the most reasonable conversation that I had with anyone. Not like other people were try, right? People don't know how to respond to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just the fact that you had been in that position, I felt like you had more of a clarity of like what to say to someone. Yeah. Do you remember that moment though? I do. I remember exactly where we were. I remember what you were doing. I remember everything. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what I said. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, among the many things you said, you mentioned that you told me that you never 
goes away. Like the feeling of, oh no, <laughs> the feeling never goes away. And that's the never Yeah, it never built. But when, when you, when your dad passed and you figured out that, you know, you had to find a way to survive, uh, it sounded like you just lost like someone who would have motivated you to keep going in bed. Did you feel like you had a renewed sense of troubles or did you feel like you had to like carry on something? Cause you're the first, you're the first down. Um, you're also the first boy in African households, not actors. <laughs> you, yeah. <laughs> any kind of like weight on your shoulder because of that. And I'm asking because, you know, for someone like me, that changed a lot of things in my mind at that moment and kind of dominoed into other aspects of my life, including my career. So in your own mind, did you feel anything like that in that moment when it happened to you? You know what, dude? I don't, I don't think I realized that I took that on. Yeah. But I subconsciously did. I didn't know, but my action after that incident just took on that responsibility of, okay, affirmation my mom's good. Affirmation my siblings are good. I have to take double shift so that I, you know, I didn't realize that I had become, or I had taken this, this mantle up, this extra responsibility. You know, for me, I was just, okay, there are people that I love and care about that need my help more than before. So I have to apply myself, you know, more. I wasn't conscious about it, but I guess, yeah, it did, it, it happened. Unconscious. Yeah. And whether you need or not, you, you apply yourself. And I'm pretty sure that your dad is proud of like the work you're doing, which is what I like to talk about next. So a few months ago, I saw that you were, you're going to be showing in Montreal. So you have some artworks in a gallery in Montreal. What, what is that experience like? Uh, particularly, you know, starting from where you were, what is that like going from that moment to a point where, you know, a gallery is really to like take on your work? And show it to strangers from around the world. Well, so the gallery reached out to me on, on Instagram. Yeah. I could not believe it. Like, I could not believe, I could not believe what was happening. You know, like, like when I look at my old paintings now, I laugh. Cause I'm like, I can't believe, I can't believe. But for someone, for me, someone somewhere else, not another city, in, in arguably bigger city than where I live, to look at my art, you know, and want it in their gallery. It was, for me, it was, it was one of the highlights of my life. It was, it was really big for me. I was really thankful to God. Even till now, sometimes I just go on the website, I just look at my name, you know, I just look, I'm just like, wow. I can't believe it. I, I still can't believe it. You know, it, it was huge. Oh, um, side note for those I don't know. Toby actually was the first person that purchased art, that purchased my art when I started painting. Oh, really? He's most likely the first exhibition I was in. Toby was the first buyer I ever had. Oh, wow. First, I mean, I'm not first, surprised. A first picture. So, wait, wait, what year was this? I want to be sure. Uh, this was, I think 2019. 
spring spring of 2019, I believe. Was it the one where it, oh God, you guys had a very embarrassing incident at Andrew's exhibition, but let me not expose myself. Where? <laughs> I don't remember. I, I don't remember. So we went, he was, it was Winnipeg. I don't know if it was 2019, maybe it was. Like we went into the gallery and I think it was maybe you, another friend, we went to view Andrew's work and then we went in and before I knew it, out of nowhere, I just saw a dog coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, it's the how, same one. It's the same it's one. The same yeah. one right? I started climbing all the chairs there. Oh my God, I'm just... <laughs> it was so embarrassing because... <laughs> so I literally jumped on Andrew's mom. And she was like, my daddy, are you okay? <laughs> Uh, so then you see the dog coming out of like it was so random and I, I was like what's up I jumped on this woman she was like my darling calm down are you okay we're fine and it was the nicest thing because she didn't judge me she just kept holding me but yeah it was so embarrassing because everybody stopped <laughs> but yeah so maybe that same one right yeah, I think I remember, I remember the story I was sharing yeah. I also remember the gallery now. so it's the same gallery right yeah, yeah. yeah same one I didn't realize that was your first showing. Like, I was just excited that, oh, like, because to be honest, I don't know a lot of people who are actually artists and actually, like, uh, uh, exhibitions. I know people from, because I was working with the publication back then. And so they would send me to cover um, artists' shows, like, write about it. But I didn't know them personally. So I feel like you're the first person to introduce me to, like, invite me to, like, a, an exhibition that you, was for you. So I was just excited to be there. And honestly, I didn't even think that was like the first painting. I thought like maybe you saw it before. Where's the painting? I feel like it is in. I think I gave it to my mom. I think yeah. I gave it to my mom. I think I remember giving my mom uh, that painting because my mom was still around on that period. Uh-huh. She probably took it on. But Andrew's painting for that exhibition was actually really good. When I oh, entered, yeah. I was actually so shocked because I was like. I mean, I've, I've always, I've like, I've always known, it's funny, it's actually funny because I've always known you, Andrew, like, outside of, like, Toby or any of the mutual friends that we have, like, I've always known you on my own, like, yeah. I met you on my own, right? And yeah. I just never knew that this was something that you did. I know you like salsa, but I just never knew anything about painting. So when I walked in that day, I was just like, wow, like, wow, like, this is so good. Like, I was actually so impressed. There was one with the, Girl, the rap. Yeah, where are those yeah. paintings? Like they're so lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no one no one did actually. I yet not even me. to that moment. But yeah, Toby was my Toby is like my first art patron. Oh that's funny. Because like one day you probably see this on like a global stage and <laughs> Mr. Supportive. <laughs> Where on the like, yeah, no, that, that, that's amazing. Uh, but I have a question. So now, like, after, like, you know, having that rude awakening of, like, this gift you have, and then, you know, all those jobs you did, now that, like, where you are, like, does it feel different? Like, how do you feel when you're doing, like, painting, you know, when you're thinking of ideas? Like, what feels different now doing it and doing it for, I guess, full time and, seeing a career in it or a future in it. Like, you mean doing it now versus when I was doing it then? Yeah. It's different now. Obviously, I'm, I'm a lot, I mean, uh, way better artist now than before. However, 
um, I feel like there's more pressure on me, or I guess I put on myself now than before because I mean before like I'll draw a paint and literally two people see that you know, my friend or but now like I'm thinking about you know this I, I want this thing to evoke certain emotions in anyone from anywhere in the world that's here. So there's now there's other pressure because I guess it's much serious now. I I think that's the major difference. I I I'm hard on myself for things I I care about. I want it to be perfect. I don't like that word, but yeah, I want it to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like a lot of like artistic people. I was gonna say that. So like a lot of crazy people tend to be their own biggest like critic. So do do I see like paint sounds like paints like the acrylics, the the thing that you do, right? It, they feel very subjective. They feel like it's down to everyone's opinion on what looks good to them. And because for me, I just assume, even if I don't understand what the painting mean, means, I just assume there's a deep meaning behind it. Maybe I'm just not able to like crack the code yet. Like the matter the painting, whenever I go to like, I remember I travel, like we always go to a museum, always go to a gallery. And there's, there's some paintings that I'm just like, I don't know what this is, but I'm very sure that like whoever painted this is very smart. There's a it's a very deep concept here. Yeah. I just have to like keep staring at it. I don't so, think it's always that deep. <laughs> so, like knowing that there are people like me that as long as every painting is fascinating, do you really have to like over like overthink the painting? Like, you know what? I'm going to tell you now. There, there. I don't want to call them artists. There are people that do that, like that just splash paint on on canvas and. You know what I call it? I call it craft. <laughs> like, you know what? It's beautiful. I watch, I watch those things on, on Instagram. They look nice. They're kind of therapeutic, but I just, for me, I don't think there's any real skill behind it. It can, and someone can look at that and draw some meaning from it as if everything subjective, right? But yeah. the, I wouldn't put that in the same, you know, category as someone that, and not every painting has to be deep. Like me, myself, honestly, I'm not, I don't consider my painting to be that deep. I just paint what I'm feeling and I don't like, but it's not deep like that, you know. But yeah, some, some people just splash some color and, you know. I've, so I've seen someone that has described a very therapeutic, they gave a very therapeutic definition to a painting. And even me, I was captured. And it's the same thing I'm talking about. I just put paint on the, what they call the thing, the the canvas. And then they started. And I think that person probably was even like a fit person and played a very, like, spirit lead me. Like that song. Like, I was like, wow. Wow, this is yeah. captivity. <laughs> so it's interesting. So actually, because I guess for us on the other end, we're like, wow. <laughs> it's actually funny because sometimes, mm-hmm. like, even me, myself, sometimes I'll see some of those, I guess, you know, just splash and go painting. And I, I'm captivated by, like, I'm, I find myself 
saying that I'm studying. That I just have to give you a bit of the like. I've seen a change in this city, in an apartment building. Literally, they just, it's, it's a big white canvas, very big, but they just put black lines on it. That's it. How much did that but, person charge? <laughs> but I got into this building and I could not stop staring at it. I could not stop staring at it. So, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, but there's, like PJ, the meaning behind what's been, they're not just like scrapping the canvas. There's actually proposal made. So how would you like that? Is that am I correct on some so like very correct? Yeah. So how would you describe the purpose or goal of your style of art or like the kind of what you like to do? What was the purpose, the overall thing that you kind of go for? I'm still, I'm still learning. I'm still, I'm still a new art, right? So I believe that I haven't even fully, what's the word now? Like fully established my, my style and theme as an artist. But so far, like I'm really, I'm really into African, I mean, African themes, black people and representing them in a, in a glorious or majestic way, you know, not in the way that some people see us, you know, so that most of the time that's what's behind my mind. But it, it could be anything. I could be, I could be, you know, I could be feeling like, like I, I painted the two paintings of, of, I guess, traditional Nigerian board games. I just painted board games, you know, but in my mind, I wanted to, I don't spend the time on sure, but I want, I want, I wanted to put our culture out there in, in this part of the world. Like, look at us. This is like, and when I got it, the guy asked me, the, the, uh, the guy around the gallery asked me, Oh, what's this about? And I was explaining that the uh, IO game to him. And I, I thought that was pretty cool for a French Canadian to be asking me, you know, about Iran. I was like, oh, dude, I told him how the game is played. And he was like, oh, that's nice. But that painting itself also has another meaning because I named it, I named the painting Ujuro Master. So he has the political meaning, but that's, that's another. Oh, wow. Story. That's interesting. Yeah. Like chess, but like in politics. I can see that with, yeah. So, I should I clarify what Ujuro means for people? Yeah, I should. Ujuro, and what's the English word for Ujuro? Not cheating. 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 Yeah. Cheating doesn't really do justice. But so, yeah, but cheating master basically, <laughs> for lack of better words, like that's what it means. Yeah. Like. Uh, a, a dubious person or something like that. Dubious, yeah, dubious. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense with the game because yeah, like you can be playing this game like I try to. Um, yeah, but is that really that? That's like two. Like someone can see that, yeah, yeah and think of like the political. It makes sense because Andrew is. A, I mean, I remember Andrew being a, a big Jersey fan. 
and saves the top of the document. Send that he's showing up in his work. Listen to 10 years of Jesus music. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're going to apply to do that. That's a very good inspiration. Yeah. No, but I want to just say, right, like, if I listen to this podcast right now, and it's currently still February, it's Black History Month. So if you want to actually support Black History, whether you're a Black or Caucasian, you should go and buy one of Andrew's works mm-hmm. and to celebrate the Black History Month. That wasn't planned. <laughs> but that actually, it's so true, February. That's what I covered, right? Yeah, February is Black History Month and then your work is like, oh, that, that's, that, but that's actually good because a lot of art like, is really more like, I think I've not really seen a lot. Maybe I don't fully love people, but I've, I like it's 50 50, but not 50 50, but like the way you like portray like Africans or even Nigeria more so. I don't think I've seen that a lot actually. So I think seeing it now like on a canvas, you know, maybe things that we don't even realize that the Western world is taking away from us. When you see mm-hmm. it, like, oh my God, it's true. This actually used to be so cool. Like, yeah. Exactly what we like, grew up seeing, yeah. Yeah, like you, you live there long enough, uh, you forget so many things that you grew up on that actually made you who you are, you know. So whenever, and most of my inspirations come from there, I can be driving or whatever, and I'm listening to music, and this is actually saying something that takes me to something. I'm like, oh, there was something like, I just write it down. I read down and tried to put that into that image, you know. Yeah. Into so you literally get inspiration from any and everywhere. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, I don't listen to just anybody or just look at anything. Mostly from African, other African artists. Most musicians, I get a lot of inspiration from music, specifically cavemen. I listen to cavemen a lot. Yeah. I listen to guys, I guess, to the band or, or to the web. With two guys, I listen to cavemen, I listen to Fela a lot. So, <laughs> I do, I don't, but look, I, I look, that guy, you know what? Have you done a painting of Sarah? I have. Oh, yeah. I, so, oh, it's true. So, you know, the shirt you painted for you, we bought from you, right? The one, the yeah. painting. Toby's on his feather, right? Yeah. I wore it to, I wore Toby's own to church, I think two weeks ago. And literally everybody was like, oh my God, your shirt is so nice. I saw somebody, I'm like, what's happening? What's on the shirt? And I'm like, oh, they don't know feather. Like, people don't actually. Yeah. <laughs> so, it actually I, makes I, sense. Like, Funny people don't story. realize our culture. <laughs> I was at the store in the city once. And I was wearing a hoodie with Salon. Yeah. And he's he, he holding a saxophone. And the guy check out, like, I, I guess he's the uh, ancient music. And he's like, oh, who's, who's that player? I was like, this is the perfect history moment lesson. <laughs> but <laughs> I told this old man, old white man about Salon, told him to go home and Google it. I was so also proud of myself. Oh, but that that's the point basically. That's why that's why I do what I do, right? To yeah. Spread our culture and our history. 
So yeah, like it's a very low key activist. Is it activist? Historian. Historian, yeah. Historian. Yeah. 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 So so that means do you ever think you have a gallery? That would be so cool. I do I I think about it all the time and I go to just one day. You know. It would be nice to have Ruben. To also show other artists, you know, other artists' work, not just my own. Yeah, other Afghans, a lot of people that like don't realize that this can can be a career for them. Yeah, I think we can. Like, uh, I want to, to keep. Like, I don't know if you mentioned the audience the influences that you have. So I want to keep going because I'm curious to hear who they are. I feel like I might have mentioned one for you. I feel like Jay be an influence somewhere. But you know the thing about that guy. I I I I used to listen to JV a lot. I actually I don't listen to rap as much anymore. But JV was one of my yes, one of my influences like back then. But the theme of my art and JV gospel is not really. It's not really. No, don't get me wrong. A lot of his messages are valid, not just for my my culture. Yeah. Or my. That 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 one is a larger um, thing, I guess, for black as a whole, yeah. including blacks in, in America and all. But uh, yeah, no, I, I like this. He's an intelligent man. I'm inspired by him a lot, actually. You know that the just such Toby things that he can rap because of TZ. That's how bad. <laughs> Let me tell you, Jay-Z made me believe. I can sell drugs. So I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I'm actually bought Jay-Z's book that they called it like years ago. I was, yeah, I read that book. And I like some of his lyrics. I think that his, his, his lyrics, yes, they speak to like a certain culture and community that maybe I didn't grow up in. I'm not super familiar with, but I can understand where it's coming from. But he has like a way of speaking about himself and like with so much pride, probably too much pride, but also like speaking about who he believes he can be. That if you listen to it well enough, you begin to embody this and believe that you know what, I am actually the greatest. I can be the greatest because he says those things before he actually attains it. Like I, I agree, and so agree. if you listen to that well enough, you begin to like. Like encourage yourself, or like you know, really begin to have bigger aspirations for yourself. You see, he's also speaks and he really raps. He's also words of affirmation. <laughs> yeah, I'm also inspired by real life people, like in my life, in my yeah. circle, or well, people I see from every day, from not every day. I'm also inspired by them. My mom a lot, my wife a lot, some of my friends. I'm not gonna say their names. <laughs> <laughs> let them, let them do, do, do the thing to Yeah. Well, um, world of artists. So, is there any artists that, you know, you kind of look to for inspiration? That's actually a good question. So, because I didn't, I didn't go to art school, I don't know a lot of, apart from, I guess, the most famous ones that is kind of common knowledge to everybody. I don't know a lot of 
artists like that. But since I really started getting into it, the artists that I'm inspired by are artists in my city that I actually know, like on a one-on-one basis, which I think is pretty cool, actually. Um, there is, I really like her work. There is another guy, Javier. I can't pronounce his last name. Apologies. This is Congolese and he's amazing. He's, the guy, this guy paints like a camera. Or like he's probably the strongest portrait painter I've ever seen. Those two. What does that take though? What does that take to actually be that good? Like, is it just. I guess it's just years and years, years of, years and years of doing it, you know, like obviously plus the talent. I mean, you, you have to have the talent and. He's really good. He's really, really good. So yeah, you, I think I know you Oh, I, oh, I don't know. So you, uh, so I think you prefer that one-on-one, like you value one-on-one connection more than people on, let's say, social media, because yeah. you just see, yeah? Yeah, I'm not really into, like, don't get me wrong, like I see some people, or some people from history, I'm like, oh, this person was good, this person was great, you know? But I feel like I'll be more inspired if I, even if I spoke with them for five minutes, understand more their mind than like where the where the art is actually coming from than the art itself. Yeah. Do you like? Do you have a favorite aspect of what you do, and a least favorite aspect of what you do? So when it comes to like. A new painting that you have to like work on. Is there that aspect of the process that you're like, this is the part that I really try, I really enjoy doing? And then maybe an aspect that you're like, ah, oh, I don't look forward to doing this part. I think I have two favorite aspects of the process. The first one is when I get the idea, when the vision comes to my mind, I'm excited. I can already see how. It might turn out I'm excited about that. But then that's followed by the part that I don't like, which is doing the actual work. Because for me, my art is a living, it's a continuous thing. Like it changes a lot depending on what I feel or I'm seeing. I might start out, I want to do it one way, you know, but along the way, I'm like, you know what, I think. I should do it like this. So that whole that whole process of trying to get it to a place where I look at it and I'm like, it's done. It's my least favorite part because for, for now anyway, because I stress a lot about it, whether I'm this change I'm making, is it, is it the right change? Should I I as I said earlier, I'm a bit of a perfectionist, so I second guess a lot of things. But I'm going to, I'm going to accept that that also is art. Like it doesn't have to be. If if you if you go left or you go right, it's, it's fine. It's right. Yeah. My other favorite part is someone else being able to relate with something I did. Not exactly how, like just being able to connect with with it at some level. Bringing me fulfillment. I like that. What do you envision this would evolve into? I know you mentioned gallery 
look forward. What do you feel like is the next step of your growth talent artist? So I, I don't want to you know when you when you when you there's something that you like you enjoy doing. Yeah. If you make it a full time job, you you lose the fun. Like you you don't enjoy it anymore, I think. So I don't I don't want to become that. So I don't want to go that route about it. I just it gets wherever it gets. I want it to be organic. At the same time, I don't, I don't want to just be out there without a plan. Right. So for me, I think next, for the next while, I'm just going to be painting. I'm getting better at my technique, what I do. As I said earlier, finding my, my style, you know, just, I want, you know, the way you can look at the work and that all this person did it. Like I want, I want my work to be like that. So for the next couple of years or however long it takes, I just want to get really, really good. Then when I get there, whatever comes next will come next. Yeah. No, that task is done. Yeah, I love that. That's, I actually love that simplicity, actually. Yeah. yeah. Especially being self-taught, right? Like, you know that you have to like go through different, you know, different experiences to actually gain the knowledge that you need over time and to gain, you know, the, I guess the, so I call it the expertise in some sense, like what the expertise in a way yeah. actually be more, you know, in the future, you can, you can have a proper, unique style on your work. Also, another side to this is like just hearing you and you seeing wisdom, you know, a very big aspect of career decisions that we make, we don't talk about how much when like the, when, when you have family involved, it's not just something you just jump at like as you mentioned right like your wife inspires you don't just want to stand up and say i'm going full on ads and you don't have direction <laughs> no plan and then yeah. you have a family and you're like <laughs> you yeah know? like what i would like you get the different like when, i'm sure like when you were before you got married like you could have taken that risk and you have more time to like actually perfect in a shorter time than now yeah. it's like your time is pretty eh? so you can't, it's not like two four seven, you're perfecting that. So that's yeah. also I think we should actually do something about that. Yeah, but that's actually a very big aspect of career decision making that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she's very supportive. You know, at the same time I can't just wake up and be like, Yeah, yeah, I'm going to France for six months to go and you know. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah, I guess right. Yeah, but one of the things that we had in mind, like knowing that you were coming on today was the fact that you're self-taught because, you know, most people go to school. I don't know a lot of people that are self-taught. I know most people started as a hobby, right? And then maybe they took classes in school and then they pursued it longer. But you actually started doing this self-taught. Do you feel like sometimes you're afraid to put yourself out there because you feel like, well, I don't have what other people have, or I don't have the resources? Like, what are the pros and the cons? <laughs> at, at first, like the first year, even into the second year, there's this imposter syndrome, especially when I'm among 
artists that actually studied to be artists, right? I didn't want to speak. I didn't even want to call myself an artist. I'm like, oh yeah, I paint. That's what I say. Like, I, I paint. But there is a guy I'm actually going to, and I forgot to, uh, when I was calling my influence, there's a guy, Duben. He actually went to school for art. He's a multidisciplinary artist. So he paints, he sculpts, he, he does everything. I think he does everything. So he, in my second year as an artist, he actually reached out to me to do a studio review with me of my work. So he, like having someone that actually went to school in my work and obviously critique some things that I can improve, but just having him being interested and telling me that, you know, you have a future here basically helped me a lot with that imposter syndrome that, oh, he didn't, you don't, there, there are some artist terms that I've heard when I'm at, like when I'm a monk, I don't know what it means. And I'm just like, you should probably, you should probably be knowing this thing too, you know, but at first, at first it was, it was big. I, I couldn't even tell people I'm an artist. Like I'm like, they were like, oh, I'm like, I paint sometimes. I just paint for fun. But with time and with getting more, more confident in what I do, regardless of whether I went to school or not, is the result speaks for itself. Like people, there are people, I'm not everybody, but there are people that love what I do. There are people that want to display in their gallery. Some people have paid money for it. So that has helped a lot, knowing that, oh, it's not just flying to your friends and family, or it's not yeah. just speaking to your friends and family. There's, there's, all, there's people outside that, you know, are inspired by what you do. So that helps. And I don't think about going to school about it too much anymore. I think the only reason I would go is for connection. Yeah. For the connection. Because for me, there is nothing I want to learn in terms of technique I can't find on YouTube. Absolutely nothing that I can't find. Because there are artists that what they do is teach. They are they do teach so Anything I want to learn, I can, and I have used that to learn a few things. So for me, the only thing, or one of the major things I see that the people that went have that I don't is the connection. I guess somewhere along the line during their program, they, they were able to connect with already established artists or galleries, you know, for when they finish. But we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Do you have any advice for people who have this thing that they do on the side on their own, but they haven't really put out there? I generally don't like to advise people, but don't don't stop doing what you love, right? Don't stop doing things that you enjoy doing. I'm going to use a sports analogy here because I also I also love playing football, soccer. A couple of years ago, I tried out to be to to be a professional soccer player three times, and I did not make it. 
And I came back and I was broken. I spent my feelings, my time, everything. But I feel pleased to today at the, at the level I can play at. The reason I feel pleased, and I almost stopped, I almost quit. But then I had a conversation with God and God asked me, so if you don't get paid for this thing, are you going to stop? So like, are you playing because of the money or you know, what are you playing for? So don't stop. If, if there's something um, that you love doing, don't stop. It doesn't mean it's going to turn out into something monetized on or it's not. They are doing it for the money. I don't know if you really love it like that. Don't stop. It may put food on your table. It may not. But don't stop doing what you love because that's what, that's what keeps us going for me anyway. That's what keeps me alive. The times when I get to paint or I get to play soccer or I get to do the things I love. Those are the times I feel most alive. You know, in life, I mean, there are people that you're going to be blessed enough to do what you love at your job. You know, that it happens. If it doesn't happen, don't stop doing what you love because the truth is, if you're not being paid, you drink anyway. Or at least that should be the truth. That's my more advice. Keep doing it. Keep getting better at it. You know, the recognition will come with uh, time and improvement. Don't stop doing what you love. I feel like that should be the title of this episode. Yeah. Thank you very much for being with us on today's episode. Um, we really, really enjoyed having you. Thank you for listening to our podcast and encouraging us to keep, to keep going. We really appreciate you. And thank you for sharing your story with us and everyone listening. How can people find you, find your work, uh, and, and, you know, be part of what you're building? Uh, well, first of all, thank you guys for having me on here. Like, I'm actually really, really grateful, honored to be here. My work, most, or well, two ways, everything I do is on Instagram. Everything I've ever done or painted is on my Instagram. Um, my Instagram handle is Moody Arts, M-U-D-I Arts underscore 14. That's my Instagram page. Everything I've done from beginning till now, even the one to be bought, is on there. Everything that any original piece painting that someone wants to see or purchase is at the gallery in Montreal. The gallery is called Le Hand Art. So L E Hand, like H A N G Art. So Google them, you know, Google them, go under their, their Montreal artist. You find my name, Andrew Demudia. You see all my work that are for sale, all the original paintings that are for sale there. But if that's too hard to find, just send me a DM, you know, send me a DM on Instagram and we'll go from there. Thank you guys so much for having me. Okay. It, was, it was fun. But all, like you said, we'll also put it like in the description. So thank you guys. Yeah. We'll add the links, but yeah. I have, I have, I have something to say before we go. So I have something to say. It has to do with you and Andrew, but I just want you guys to know that 
like two of you are one of the strongest people. Now this is, I'm actually being very serious. This is from my heart. You are one of the two strongest people that I know since like coming to Canada. And why I say that is because like even just like what we're sharing earlier, like the stories that we're sharing earlier, like I've seen you guys navigate different seasons and like just trying to like, you know, find that right path for you, career, you know, build your life. And even though it's not been the easiest, like I've seen you guys do with so much grace. But I just wanted to say that, like guys are one of the strongest people that I know, navigating life, career, everything in between. So yeah. Thank you and thank God, honestly. Thank you so much, Andrew. We hope you have a good rest of your week. Yeah, and to everyone listening, thank you for listening. And we hope you have a good week. Thank you.